don't die with your gifts still inside. This is one life, and what is it that wants to be born through you? If you're a person who's looking to have more purpose in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to just go to work, I want to do my life's work, this is the show. This is the show, don't keep your day job. How do you figure out how to take your passion and turn it into a profit? Life is too short not to wake up every day excited. You've got something that you've got to share with the world. I'm positive. That's why you're here. The show will not just give you inspiration, but some real life tools that you can start to take some real action week after week so that you can not just go to work and build someone else's dream. You can do the thing that you've always truly wanted to do. Make yourself the happiest version of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so happy that you're here. Thanks to Robinhood for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up now at dreamjob.robinhood.com. That's dreamjob.robinhood.com. Thanks to BioClarity for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Get started on healthier habits with your skincare. Just go to bioclarity.com and get 15% off your entire first purchase. Plus shipping is free when you buy a routine. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter my code DREAMJOB. Thanks to Ring for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. As a listener, you have a special offer on a Ring starter kit available right now. With a video doorbell and motion-activated floodlight cam, the starter kit has everything you need to start building a ring of security around your home. Just go to ring.com slash dreamjob. That's ring.com slash dream job. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Skillshare is offering Don't Keep Your Day Job listeners a limited time offer of two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. To sign up, you can go to skillshare.com slash dream job. Again, go to skillshare.com slash dream job to get two months of unlimited access of over 20,000 classes for only 99 cents. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Thank you for being here. I know you have a million and one things you could be doing with your time right now, and I really can't thank you enough for being here. I hope you guys are enjoying uh, these episodes on Thursdays that we've added. I hope that you're coming on over to Instagram and seeing me being extremely real, talking about my life, the struggles of being a mom, um, the struggles of married life. Uh, I keep it very real over there. So come on over and follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller. I saw Dear Evan Hansen for the third time a few nights ago with Emma Kikuchi, my co-producer. And um the whole story is just so riveting to me and I keep going back. I love Broadway, but I've never seen a show three times and this one I sure have. And I guess because it's such a simple message of most people feeling, unfortunately, like they could just disappear and no one would notice or do they really matter? Is anyone really there? Um, and I think that's the main reason I'm doing the show. I want you to feel like you matter. I want you to feel like I'm here for you, like there's so many people out there who are really cheering for you and that on the other side of this uh, overwhelm and loneliness that sometimes creeps in for all of us, I think that if we reach out and we step out on that courage, we'll be blown away with what our lives can turn into. So that's why I'm here a couple times a week. That's why I'm here on Instagram every day. And I hope that you're feeling that because it's coming from a very sincere place. But um, you matter. You don't have to have your name in lights to matter. You don't have to win a Nobel Prize to matter. You're here because the world needed you. And that's why you were made. So I'm glad you're here. If you guys love this show, share it with a friend. If you feel like it'll make them feel a little bit more hopeful and significant and find more of a sense of community and purpose, then please keep sharing it. Uh, we can pass this on. Hopefully more people can um, 
start knowing this feeling. I know what it's like to feel invisible. I felt that a lot in my childhood. And I, I guess I work every day to make sure people don't feel invisible. So today you guys are in for a treat because we have the spectacular Amber Ray on the show. She's a best-selling author, an artist, a speaker, and an expert on creativity, personal growth, and emotional wellness. Earlier this year, she released her amazing book called Choose Wonder Over Worry, Move Beyond Fear and Doubt to Unlock Your Full Potential. It's a guide to navigate life's challenges, the failed projects, the nagging imposter syndrome, the feelings of envy or anxiety, or just being stuck, all of those things the am I good enough feeling or who am I to do this feeling or what if I fail? So this book is jam-packed with juicy stuff on how to face your fears, wake up to your truth and how to get to the source of what's holding you back. So I definitely recommend you go check out her book when you're done with this episode and go follow her on Instagram. She's really inspiring. She's been featured in the New York Times, Time Magazine, the BBC, Tim Ferriss's blog and many more places. And Amber has a connection to one of our other favorite guests, Seth Godin. In fact, she was his chief evangelist of his publishing experiment and helped him launch six of his best-selling books. So that's no small feat. She's got a lot of interesting nuggets of wisdom and I think it's really going to help you make some breakthroughs. But before we dig into this, let's say thanks to one of our sponsors. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. I love how easy it is to use the Robinhood app. All the data is presented in easy-to-digest with easy-to-understand charts. It just takes four taps on a smartphone and I can place a trade. Even if you're brand new to investing, this is a great tool to learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. And I love that Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees so I can trade stocks and keep all my profits. Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock, just like Apple, Ford, or Sprint, to help build your portfolio. Sign up at dreamjob.robinhood.com. That's dreamjob.robinhood.com. Now, without further ado, the delightful, ever so talented Amber Ray. Hey, Amber, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate you having me on the show. So before we get into the work you're doing, your book, and all the ways that you can help us have a more fulfilling life, let's start a little bit talking about you and your story and um, how you got to be doing what you're doing now. Absolutely. So if you had met me a decade ago, I was rising the ranks in Silicon Valley. I was working this nine to five job in tech, which actually more was like eight to eight. You know, it was a great job on paper. And you know, something just didn't feel right for me. I, not only that, but I was popping Adderall to get more done because my worthiness was so wrapped up in what I could or could not accomplish. Mm. And it wasn't just the sense that this was not my life. The Adderall that I was taking to get more done, to be who everyone I thought wanted me to be, led me to have a seizure and a series of panic attacks. And just that was this big wake up call where it was as if that quiet voice within me that was saying, this is not your life, exploded into this loud sledgehammer Mm. of, and what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my my book's called Choose Wonder Over Worry. And I talk about how we're born with this immense sense of wonder, but we're socialized and conditioned to worry. And really, I felt like this was my like worry breakdown moment. And what was interesting is that that's actually when I began to wonder again. And I began to wonder, you know, how did I get here? Why am I hustling for other people's approval? Why am I following this path of should? And I just began to really peel back the layers of my own story Mm -hmm. and really begin to look within. And that's when I began journaling and writing. I found the artist's way. I began 
just diving into to the depths of my own being and my own soul, right. not knowing who I was, but curious about, you know, asking those big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What are the gifts that only I can give? Mm-hmm. How may I live out those gifts and those sorts of things? So what happened next? <laughs> <laughs> so what happened next? I had a trip to New York for work and something just spoke so deeply to me. It was the energy of the city. It was... I feel like it was the most me I had felt in a really long time. And everything inside of me said, you have to move to New York. Mm. And of course, I'm in living in San Francisco, apartment, job, all the things. And I go back to San Francisco and I start telling my mentors, you know, I feel like I need to leave tech and move to New York to discover who I am. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at me like, you're absolutely nuts. <laughs> and finally, after, you know, many conversations that felt, I felt like no one was seeing me or getting me. I didn't feel a sense of, of belonging or, or being understood. I sat across from a guy named Amit Gupta, who at the time was running a company called Photo Jojo. And he was like, great, go. And it was a Wednesday. And he's like, go on Friday. Quit. It makes a great story. I can borrow your car for a little bit and sell your stuff and tell your roommate. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then I was like, but I have like a thousand dollars in my bank account. And he's like, "Mm, makes a way better story. So are you going Friday? And so I leave this conversation with this sense of I have to do it and I'm not going to tell anyone because everyone's going to try to stop me. So I literally, I went home and I told my roommate who was a very close friend and he was of course very sad, but said, you know what? I'm here to support you. Let's make it happen. And then the next day called and had an honest conversation with my boss. And so I, I, two days later show up at the, at the airport, which is where I call my mom, who is a very, we're very, very close. And I tell her, don't be bad mom. Um, but I just quit my job in, in the process of selling everything. And I just booked a one-way ticket to New York and I'm leaving right now. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. And, you know, she taught me very young to follow my curiosity. So she was just kind of like, go see what's possible. Wow. So what happened when you got there? So I had been blogging about my journey, my story. Before I jump on the plane, I write this post of what I had just done. And when I land in New York, I turn on my phone and I have so many text messages and people reaching out saying, you know, I saw your post, the post had gone viral. And so I land in New York and I have different companies wanting to hire me, which I was like, did you read my post where I don't want to be hired right now? (laughs) (laughs) So for me, it was a big lesson in, you know, take the risk. I did the thing that felt true to me and put it out there and told my story. And through that, that just created a, a ripple that's really shaped everything I've done since. Yep. And so when you got there, you worked for Seth Godin, right? So I got to New York and did everything from launching a late night co-working group. Um, and it was through that that I got introduced to someone who knew Seth and Derek Sivers introduced me to Seth. Although I actually don't even know if Seth remembers meeting me. So then it was that happened within about six months. And then nine months in New York is when he put out the call for the Domino Project, which he was seeking accomplices to help him reimagine publishing. It was a six month project. We prepared 12 books to launch. We had a book go live a month. It was the most incredible, intense, challenging, one of the most challenging of my entire life. Wow. Because, you know, I, I love Seth. He's an incredible teacher and he's not going to, you know, he, he didn't really, he didn't tell us what to do. He's like, okay, go figure it out. We're reimagining publishing. How should we do wow. this? And everyone was like, uh. 
Right. Don't you know the way, Seth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So you then did very cool things. You started this World We Want movement. You were coaching, you became an artist, and then you wrote this book, Choose Wonder Over Worry, Moving Beyond Fear and Doubt to Unlock Your Full Potential. So why did you write that book and what do you feel is the main thing you were trying to say with this book? So I wrote the book because I'm a big believer that our own mess could be our message. Mm. And it was really, you know, I bring to life worry and wonder in the book as these two characters in our head. Worry is the voice of our critical inner voice and wonder is the voice of our curious inner guide. And I found that, I mean, in this, my, my inner critic was probably the loudest when I was working with Seth because I wanted Seth to like me. I wanted his approval. I wanted to do well. I didn't want to make mistakes. I was so afraid of failing. And that really continued for a few years. And that was my own struggle. And that struggle is what led me to really actually wonder and get curious about, okay, how do I, how do I work through this? Right. And that led to me doing a ton of research on, I was meeting with neurosurgeons and neuroscientists around the, the trappings of a fearful mind, psychotherapists, different healers and artists. And it was one to like scratch my own itch and to solve my own pain. And then I ended up being guiding a lot of other people through that process. And so the book became a memoir, a map, and a manifesto. Mm -hmm. So it's a manifesto in terms of it's like this big idea, choose wonder over worry. It's brought to life through really raw, vulnerable, personal stories. And then it's it's a map because there's so many different uh, worksheets and exercises and things like yeah. that. And really the big idea is that, you know, in every moment we have a choice of, of who we're listening to. Are we listening to and coming from a place of worry or are we listening to and coming from a place of wonder? Right. And really, how can we use wonder to turn toward our emotional inner world, particularly the places that feel a little scary or uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and embrace them with a sense of curiosity and compassion? Yeah. In the book, like you said, there's all these interactive exercises. What might be one or two that you would recommend to our listeners? Ooh. One that comes to mind immediately that a lot of people have reached out to me about is, so I went to this, right before I committed to the book, I went to a workshop with Elizabeth Gilbert and mm -hmm. Rob Bell. And someone in the audience asked Liz, you know, Liz, how do you do everything that you do? You do so much. It's amazing. And I'm in the audience thinking, yes, Liz, tell me your secret. Right, right, right. <laughs> and she tells this story about when she was a struggling writer. She's complaining to what she called a wise older woman. And the wise older woman said to her, you know, Liz, you actually have to say no to things that you do want to do what matters even more. Mm. And for me, that was a huge light bulb moment because I realized that I was trying to launch a podcast, create a journal project, do art installations around the world, speak at companies, mm. write a book. It like was like 17 things. And I think, you know, when we're in a discovery phase around our passions, finding our life's work, finding the thing that, it, that we're here to do, that discovery process can really serve us and help us figure out what, what feels right, what doesn't feel right. right, what we're great at, what we're not. And it comes a point where that discovery process um, must be narrowed down, defined, and created into a focused you know, project. And so for me, that was a big wake up call where I realized I wanted, you know, I had a list of, I made two lists and on one sheet of the paper was, I want this. And on the other sheet of the paper, so simple, I want this even more. Mm. And so I would encourage anyone to do that. If you feel like you're working on several things and you're not really um, sure, you know, or it just feels like a lot. And so in my list of I want this were those 17 things. And what I wanted more than anything else was my book in bookstores. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to say a quick thanks to our sponsor and we'll be right back. 
Thanks to BioClarity for supporting our podcast. Your face is often your first impression and shows off everything it takes in, so feed it well. BioClarity is this great clean and green skincare line that helps me get naturally glowing skin. It has this new ingredient called Floralux, which is a clever form of chlorophyll that nourishes the skin, soothing away blemishes, reducing redness, and makes your skin look more radiant. I love that there's like these great botanical ingredients. Normally my skin is super dry and I love the smoothie moisturizer. I love how it makes my skin feel soft and super glowy. So you can grow your glow with one of BioClarity's powerful plant-based products. The essentials routine is great for normal or dry skin. Just cleanse, restore, and hydrate. They also have awesome new face masks like the Clarifying Mask, BioClarity's Pore Purifier that evens skin tone and shrinks the appearance of your pores. And you can treat your whole body with their new products like Sudsy, so fresh, so clean body wash to help you get that silkier and smoother skin. Get started on healthier habits with your skincare. Just go to bioclarity.com. My listeners will get 15% off their entire first purchase plus free shipping when you buy a routine. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter my code DREAMJOB. That's bioclarity and enter my code DREAMJOB. Let's go back to what you said a couple minutes ago that your mess can really be your message. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about that. What does that mean? So a story around this, I had an artist come to me recently and say, I feel so defeated. I've been rejected for shows, I don't know, 25 times. And I feel like I'm going to give up. And I don't know what art to create because I just feel so defeated. And I paused her and I said, do you know how many people feel rejected right oh now? Oh my in God, this world? right, every day. Do you know how many people feel defeated? Please create that art piece. Mm. Please create, like take what is painful and achy and what feels messy in your life, the part that you're you know, wanting to avoid or push away or that's having you want to give up and actually use that as fuel for what you're creating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw the light bulb moment how it happened for her where she realized like, whoa, wow, I can actually, you know, that's an example of turning your mess into your message or your pain into your purpose. And what's funny is that ended up, that led her to create her most raw, vulnerable, resonant work that she then got a gallery show around. Crazy. So it's just like, I I see it time and time again, where it's, you know, we want to present ourselves and maybe do that. And she was, you know, later she reflected back that she was doing always the safe work the work that she saw other people doing or the work that she thought would get the attention of different gallery owners or critics. And it was never, it wasn't actually coming from her inner self. It was coming from what she was looking at um, around her. Right. And so, you know, I think Timothy Goodman, he has this series called Memories of a Girl I Used to Know, where he has these like heart-wrenching breakup stories that he uses typography to bring to life. And they're so raw and they're so personal. And he shares, you know, the ups and downs. And really he shares his insides and lets people see that. And it's just, it's incredible to see how much it it relates to people because, you know, what unites us and connects us as human is not some perfect presentation that we create of ourselves. What unites us is our fear of failure, our fear of not being good enough and, and all of the emotions that are inside. I love your Instagram and so much of it is a reflection of what's in the book. And so I encourage people to read the book. But one thing that I love, I mean, there's so much here, is that you talk about how rejection is really just redirection. Let's talk about that for mm. a minute because I think coming off of what you just said, everybody feels rejection all the time. And it's, and when I was talking to Seth, he talked about that book he wrote called The Dip and how we're going to hit that wall mm. and we have to stay in it. And we just had Angela Duckworth on and she was talking about grit. And 
it's something that everybody knows they need, but it's really hard when we all have this feeling of not being enough to push through rejection. And I loved, I had never heard anyone say rejection is redirection and it's awesome. So tell me what you mean (laughs) by that and how we can use that. Well, you know, an often response to rejection is something must be wrong with me or am I not good enough? We can go into that place of really feeling ashamed and that's where we get stuck. That's where we isolate ourselves. That's where we shut down. And if we can, you know, and that's where we're really over-personalizing the rejection and making it about us. But what, what my perspective on rejection is that it's it's not about you. It's just about like what the fit mm-hmm, and the, the, fit, right? the how you sync with any one thing. And so if you can look at rejection as redirection and actually pointing you in a different direction so you can find that true alignment. Right, where you're supposed to be. Yeah, where you're supposed to be. It'll encourage you to get up and be like, okay, well, that wasn't the right fit. Um, so let me try again. Like I, like I think of dating and you know how many men I dated until I found the person I'm with now. And every time I wanted it to be the person because I just like was so of wanting course. to find the person. <laughs> right. every, time, every time it ended, I was like, I'm not lovable. Yeah. <laughs> Something's wrong with me. And really... It was like, wait, no, we're just not the right fit for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I think of, um, I remember I heard that Paulo Coelho, he was rejected over 200 times before the Alchemist Stop, became Stop, really? Book. I never heard that. Yes. Wow. And I just think, you know, what would have happened if he would have stopped at like time 150? <laughs> yeah, we would not be quoting it all the time. So it's if we can really see, okay, this isn't aligned, I'm going to keep looking for my my sense of true alignment, rejection to redirection. Yep. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I feel like a lot of people, the reason why they don't keep moving forward is because they don't think there's enough room for them. They don't think that like Mm. there's room, like somebody's already done that. Um, But you talk about how there's room for all of our light. And I wonder how you can help us understand that it is possible because people will say, why should I start a blog? There's already tons of those. Why should I open a bakery? There's enough. Why should I write music? People have already done it. And you say, no, there's room for that, what you have to say. How can we understand that? Well, maybe there's music before. Maybe there's a bakery. Maybe there's a book that's been written, but it hasn't been created by you. And it is a fact. We all have very different life experiences, very different stories, very different upbringings. We go through different things, and that gives us a unique imprint that we fuse into what we create. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could say the same thing as 12 other people, but different people are going to resonate with each of us just because, again, of that like sense of it goes almost back to rejection is redirection, that sense of we're not meant to resonate with everyone. We're meant to resonate with our people. And so, you know, even if you were literally saying the exact same thing, I guarantee you could possibly have very different audiences. And so how do you you know, realize that, yeah, there's space for everyone and there's space for your unique gift, your unique contribution and your unique imprint to infuse whatever you create. And, you know, I also hear a lot about envy where Mm -hmm. envy, you know, they have it, I can't have it too, or it's already been done. So, and that can loop into the envy of, oh, they did it before me. Um, But really with envy, I like to think of it also as inspiration in disguise Mm -hmm. because envy can illuminate someone doing something that's untapped within you 
So I know for a long time, I, I didn't write my book because I thought it had already been written so many times and who am I to write this book and it's silly and blah, 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 blah. And for a period of time, every time I saw someone publish a book, I would get pissed off and, I, and I'd be like, damn them. Right. <laughs> because Envy was saying, yo, it's time to write your book. And what I actually, I had did this interesting exercise that I call an Envy map and I basically put all the people that I felt some level of envy, like I wrote them all down on a sheet of paper with like, it was like a circle graph. And I had like Elizabeth Gilbert and Austin Cleon and Cleo Wade mm-hmm. and Timothy Goodman and all these people I felt envious of. And then of course, the important part was why was I envious of them? And as I you know, kept going and going, what I realized is that I actually had created a unique blueprint of my own soul and my own being that no one of those people fully represented. Yeah. And so that I could take all the pieces of what I thought had already been done and actually use them to create something that was a reflection of the uniqueness Mm -hmm. of me. Yep. That's really beautiful. Um, I want to talk about a few things from the book. So in the first part of the book, you say a few times, you say, please don't die with your gift still inside of you. So tell our listeners, what are you trying to say? Why is that so important that you repeated it in bold so many times? Well, so a little bit of a little bit of background on that phrase for me. I so my my dad was a brilliant singer, songwriter, musician. My mom said he was the most brilliant man she'd ever met, and yet he never really was facing himself. And he decided to leave us when I was a kid and pursue his dream of music. His band was called Dreamer. Mm-hmm. And he him not facing his demons looked like very much the era of sex, drugs, rock and roll, cocaine, mistresses, party, 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 rock, rock, rock. And that led him to get behind the wheel of a car under the influence oh, no. after a bachelor party oh, my God. and fell asleep at the wheel. Car went over in highway overpass under a truck and his best friend who was getting married the next day died immediately. Mm-hmm. And he was thrown into the backseat of a car because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And he was in a coma for a year and then never regained full consciousness, but was in an in-between space from when I was three years old to when I was 12 years old. And then he passed away when I was 12. I have tears streaming down my face. <laughs> uh, that You know what's striking to me is that this is not the first story you shared. Yeah. Because this is your story. Mm. And... This makes so much sense. It's amazing knowing that you were doing all of that and that you've done everything you've done knowing where you came from because Mm. that is so not the easy street. But that story that you just told, if your life was a movie, that's the opening scene of the movie. And then here's Mm. this girl with a paintbrush who's like making magical things. I mean, it's, that's insane. Right. Everything you say at this point is like, you're Hercules. You're a warrior. It's amazing that you've lived the way you live with that as your, as your backdrop. So tell us now why it's so important that we don't die with our gifts inside of us. Well, for me, it's because my dad did. And I remember when I got the news that he had died when I was 12, I was sitting on my bed, my hair was in a ponytail, my legs were crossed, I was writing in my journal. And I hear the news that he had died. And my first thought is I felt the most relief. (laughs) 
and I'm, I'm getting really teary right now. Um, the most relief I had ever felt, I feel like in my, like, finally, he can finally rest in peace and just a sense of trust of him being able to transition oh on. Cause I, it was, again, I, I feel like it would have been easier if he had died of when course. I was three, if he Absolutely. had been, you know, the one in the passenger seat. Absolutely. Not, not this like person that's like not there, in purgatory. but there. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, people look on Facebook and Instagram and they see people, I mean, your Instagram, everyone who's listening right now, uh, you need to go follow her at Hey Amber Ray. It's the most beautiful Instagram page that I follow and I follow some pretty cool people. Um, but people look at other people and it's so easy to think like, well, this person's just, her life is beautiful and perfect and she's perfect. And But no, like that's so not really the thing. I feel like everybody who's listening, they keep hitting a wall, right? Like they're just not, they're not getting through the crap that's coming up in their minds. And in the book, you talk about how we can move through that. How do you turn it around? Like when you're giving yourself crap, how do you get to the other side and turn those thoughts around? So I'm going to share something. I don't, I don't. I haven't shared as much on on the podcast because it's a new something, a technique I've been really playing with, and I actually led a workshop around it yesterday. So I'm going to let you all in. Um, my new favorite exercise and technique for doing this is I create characters around the voices in my oh. head. So coming from brand world, when we want to like say Apple's coming out with a new product, we know the consumer archetypes mm-hmm. for who are going to buy that product. One day I was like, what if all these like crazy people inside my head that are shouting mean things at me had names and characters, sort of like the movie yeah, Inside yeah. Out. And so I have like Grace the Perfectionist, which is this 30-something British woman who hails from London and wants everything in a very oh neat and tidy box. Oh my God, you box. do that really I've well. Got- okay. <laughs> my grandma's British. I think <laughs> yeah, it yeah. might come from there. Channeling. Um, yep. I have Anxious Annie and I have Debbie Doubter and I have Depressed Susie and I have Mama Jenny and I have The Goddess and I have, you know, my like creative muse and I have all these different characters that I realized, you know, the the voices or the thoughts inside of my head are not me. I'm just the vessel that's experiencing those sensations. And so when I was able to build the character around who they are, what their name is, what they look like and have a conversation with them. I was able to create space between myself and what I thought I was hitting a wall against. Because oftentimes, you know, fear, worry, doubt is, you know, biologically trying to protect us and keep us safe. So oftentimes these walls that we're hitting are us hitting a zone that a part of us is afraid for us to Mm -hmm. move beyond. And, you know, the problem is, is that our brain hasn't evolved with modern society. And so usually when we want to do something meaningful or take that leap or live with purpose or discover who we are, that's when it's like everything gets very dark and scary because that's so foreign and so just not okay to the worry and the fear inside of us. And so an exercise you can do is literally like, okay, so this wall in front of me, you know, what's the fear around it? What's the big worry? Okay, maybe it's the fear that, you know, it's not going to work out and I'm going to fail. Great. Okay, so what's the name of this character? Maybe it's like Afraid Annie, we'll call her. Afraid Annie is, you know, this character and each person has different characters that they come up with. Afraid Annie looks like this. You know, her hair color is this. Her body language is this. And Afraid Annie says things like this. Once I've built that character, I'm, again, creating distance between me and this this voice inside my head. Then I can actually talk to Annie. And this is where we can apply what I call um, the three C's, which is 
courage, curiosity, mm-hmm. and compassion. So it's one, having the courage to even do this and go there, even though it may sound yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's having the curiosity of like, you know, why is afraid Annie here? What does she want me to know? What message or insight does she mm-hmm. have for me? And the third C is compassion. How can I actually like, you know, turn toward her with an open heart and a sense mm-hmm. of love and just see what she yeah. needs for me? Because so often these worries or their, these fears, they may be something stemming from childhood. It's like an inner achy child that wants yeah. our attention. And if, if all of a sudden a kid ran up to you and was like, I'm so afraid I can't do this, you wouldn't punch the yeah. kid in the face and say, you yeah. suck, go away. You would say, oh, honey, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, right. tell me. And so how do we do that? How do we treat yeah. ourselves that way? How do we say, oh, afraid Annie, what's going on? Like, I'm here to listen. Right. Tell me. And what I find time and time again is that when we let that fear voice speak, it tends to loosen its grip. The fog, the wall right. tends to begin to, you know, g- dissolve yeah. and go and away. Yeah, and you talk about this on your Instagram a lot and in the book where you have a quote. It's, you said, happiness isn't only about experiencing positive emotions. Happiness comes through embracing all of who you are, especially the messy parts. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying. And I studied some mindfulness at UCLA for a few years and they were saying, you know, your 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 feelings are like visitors. So they're going to knock on the door and unless you let yes. them in, they're going to just keep knocking louder. So let them in and have some tea with them and feel your feelings and they will go away. It's not like if you open the door to your grief, it's never leaving. Let it in. It's hard to do that. It's yes, hard to yes, do yes, that. Yes, and yes, I yes. know that you're you're really, um, I mean, you're doing so many things to help the world, but one of the biggest things you're doing is helping people make space to sit with the crap and to feel that pain and then to allow it to move through and then to change the way you look at all of what it's saying. You have ways in the book, you talk about like, you know, well, what are these myths that you keep telling yourself? I'm not enough. I'm not this. I'm not this. This won't work out. This First of all, identify some of the things that you you hear people saying the most. And then tell us some of the ways mm-hmm. that we can ask ourselves questions to maybe turn that worry into wonder. So big ones are comparison. They're ahead of me. I'm behind. Something's wrong with me because I'm not there yet. Why am I not there yet? Which can go on and on. Another big one is imposter syndrome. Do oh, I deserve God, yeah. to be here? And are people going to find out about me? And, you know, how can I actually do this? Um, Another big one that actually people don't often know to identify, but is grief and loss. Because oftentimes we think of grief and loss as, you know, losing a parent or losing someone close to us, but we forget about a creative project Mm. not working out. And so, or something just not working. And it's actually not, we don't feel failure as much as we feel grief. And so until we can create space to really honor that grief and let it pass, like I, and this happened to me before I wrote my book, I had this grief around a different book that didn't happen that I didn't fully let move yeah. through my system. And, and that's why I wasn't going on and doing the, ne- the next book. And so it wasn't until I felt that and allowed that to come through that I was able to move forward. So often, you know, people, it's like, okay, let's just sit with the grief of that not working out. Let's do a little ceremony. Let's thank it, you know? And another big one would be definitely envy and jealousy, which I know we talked about. And should, should is huge. I should do this. I should do that. Here's what everyone wants me to be. Here's how people want me to please. If I don't do that, oh, oh no. You talk a lot in the book and you just mentioned it, but the, the, you say, and I, I completely agree, 
that the number one biggest thing for everybody is that feeling of I'm not enough. And Mm -hmm. when Seth was on, I just keep bringing him up because you guys are so well connected, which is so cool. But he said, you're not going to ever get rid of the fear. You have to learn to dance with it. So I don't know that you ever get rid of the I'm not enough feeling. But at some point, if you're going to move forward, you have to learn how to be with that and how to maybe soften that the grip that it has on you. And how do you think we can do that? So many ways. Um, what comes up first, and I love it. I totally echo what Seth said. You know, you may not feel enough, but can yeah. you dance with it? And for me, it always comes back to, am I willing to do this even though I don't feel enough? Am I willing to see what's possible? Because I think we we can often wait until we feel enough or don't feel afraid to do something. But how do we actually move forward and know it's okay I'm going to move forward even though I don't feel enough and even though I don't feel ready yet or whatever it is that's coming up for each of us. And so, you know, can you act with it and as Seth said, and dance with it and allow it to be, you know, a friend on your path? Yeah. Okay. Before we get to more questions, let's thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Ring. At my house, we love Ring. We're using it all the time. When I'm out at a meeting, it's just the other day, I was able to see who was ringing the doorbell from my phone and I was able to touch a button and say, I'll be right there or leave the package. This happens all the time and that's super helpful. Not to mention, if there's ever something suspicious going on or I hear some noise, I can click with one button from my bed, look into my phone and see what's going on. So it keeps us feeling super safe. Ring's mission is to make neighborhoods safer. You might already know about their smart video doorbells and cameras that protect millions of people everywhere. Ring helps you stay connected to your home anywhere in the world. So if there's a package delivery or a surprise visitor, you'll get an alert and be able to see, hear, and speak to that person all from your phone. That's thanks to the HD video and two-way audio features on Ring devices. As a listener, you have a special offer on a Ring starter kit available right now with a video doorbell and motion-activated floodlight cam. The starter kit has everything you need to start building a ring of security around your home. Just go to ring.com slash dream job. That's ring.com slash dream job. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, technology, and more. Whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or build your own business, Skillshare is going to keep you learning in 2018 and beyond. It's no secret that I love Skillshare. I've taken so many of their classes, watercolor painting. I recently took a class on productivity. And it's so cool to have all this information right at my fingertips because when we want to grow, we need to stay curious and stay open to learning new things and use the time that we might have when we're waiting, you know, for your table at your restaurant. You know, you could be going online and finishing that class or doing something that makes you feel productive. Whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. You can check out their classes on things like social media marketing, graphic design, blogging, you name it, they have it. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering Don't Keep Your Day Job listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, you can go to Skillshare.com slash dreamjob. Again, you go to skillshare.com slash dream job to start your two months now. That's skillshare.com slash dream job. One thing that I, I'm noticing that, that's happening every time I talk to someone is they're afraid to move forward because it might not work out or it might get messy. So they have this thing that they've been thinking about doing, this side project, this dream, this passion, but they can't see the next 40 steps so they're not doing it. 
And so sometimes I say mm-hmm. to people, well, clarity comes through action. You have to take action. Mm-hmm. And then when Angela Duckworth was on the show, she said, it's all trial and error. And that, I guess, is what it means to have grit, is being mm. willing to walk through the mess, as you put it, and the developing of things when you don't know where they're going to go. Because nobody knows, right? You don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you, yeah, go ahead and try this. Put out your blog. It'll become a success overnight. You're going to have to kind of push through and you're going to have to pivot probably because most likely you're going to start here. I mean, look at you. You started in one place. You're in a completely different place. So how do you encourage them to start taking action even when they don't know for sure where it's going to lead? Yeah. So the moment that we think we're not ready, I believe, is the precise moment that we are. And I like to think about, and who talks about this in the book, Playing Big, the author of that, I'm forgetting her name, I'm losing it this moment. But she has this concept of the artist, the editor, and the agent. And the artist is the part of us that gets messy, that it's like that childlike, let me just play, Mm -hmm. let me be creative, let me discover And then there's another part of us, which is the editor, which is the part of us that says, okay, here's who it's for. Here's how we take that expression of art and turn it into something that's, you know, useful. And here's, we edit down all that writing to create something great. And then there's the agent, which is the part of us that thinks, okay, I want to sell this. I want to promote this. I want to get this out here. And here's how I want to do that. And I think what often happens is that people spend so much time in the editor and the agent that there's not enough time created for that messy artist process because art is messy. I mean, look at kids when Uh, they're drawing and painting. It's all over the place. Yeah, that's true. Of course. (laughs) So how do we, you know, say, and and I actually schedule artist time Mm -hmm. on my calendar because, you know, I noticed as I was writing my book, the the biggest character to step in was my editor. Ooh, you can't say it that way. Oh, you mm-hmm. might offend that person. Ooh, you know, you're not going to share that story. Are you really going to talk about your dad? What if that's uncomfortable for people? You know, and then finally I was like, yo, editor, you really need to go get a massage right now because it's time to let the artist play. And I found that when I designated artist time, my intention here is to get messy for the next hour. And there's no outcome that I'm trying to get to. There's no objective here except in the intention of getting messy. What happened is that became some of my most like prolific creative time where I discover something that I didn't know I was going to discover. Or sometimes it was just like, wow, that was fun and felt good, you know? <laughs> and so I think it, you know, it makes a difference to really, like anything, it's, it's building a muscle, a muscle. And so many people are uncomfortable with the idea of a mess. And so how do you actually schedule in the messes and schedule in the artist time to just play and create without constraint and without judgment? Everything you just said is perfect. And then if you're a person who's been telling yourself your whole life, you can't do that. And you probably got that message from someone at home. Mm -hmm. And what you just said, it's everything. But what do we do with it? It's like, I hear you saying it, but I might be a person who's such a perfectionist and I can't. How do I break free? What would you suggest that person do today? I would pull out a sheet of paper and a pen and I would say perfectionist. I mean, this is going back to what we talked about, inviting the character in, letting it, if it's going to keep knocking at the door, letting it in, letting it speak. Hey, perfectionist, you're here. Tell me what you're afraid of and then let it speak. And then once it's spoken, Mm -hmm. I would say, listen, 
there's this thing that I really want to do. I know it makes you uncomfortable. I know it's scary. I know this goes against everything that we think is that makes logical sense, but it's important to me. And here's how I need you Mm -hmm. to support me. It's really good. Because I think we often forget that we are in control and we can negotiate with our perfectionist. We can negotiate with our anxiety. We can, if we have a conversation with it and understand it, just like a a person, we're disagreeing on something and we're not seeing things in the same direction. Well, what do you do? You have Mm -hmm. a conversation and then you get Mm -hmm. to a compromise. And so I often, you know, before any big project I have, it's like I have a meeting of all my inner (laughs) creatures. (laughs) It's like an inner committee meeting where I'm like, okay, guys, I know you're going to be freaked out. I know we're not going to like parts of this, but here's how we're all Mm going to work together. Mm -hmm. And here's what I need from you. And even just that knowing what you need from yourself is so powerful because I think we often forget to pause and tune into, wait, what are wait, yeah. what do I need here? What does it look like for yeah. me to feel supported? And how can I support myself? I mean, so much of what you're saying has to do with just tremendous awareness of what's going on in your mind as, a, as opposed to just allowing your thoughts to hijack everything because you're not even noticing. So there's a lot, you have a a tremendous uh, capacity for self-awareness and you've cultivated it. And so you're feeling your feelings and noticing your thoughts, which is very helpful. You're also constantly proactively focusing your attention on what is helpful. And I don't think people realize that that's a habit that has to be curated Mm -hmm. On one of your Instagram posts a while ago, in the words of one of your favorite poets, uh, you said, you will always find the evidence for what you choose to believe. Mm -hmm. And the view we look through, the lens we wear, the beliefs we create become the filters through which we see ourselves and the situations. It's what we believe is possible then, right? And so Mm -hmm. how do we expand our consciousness to start seeing what's possible? This is where we practice the turnaround. And I love that. In Q is the poet who says, you will always find the evidence for Mm -hmm. what you choose to believe. And so if you believe that possibility does not exist or possibility is not out there for you, you will always find evidence to prove that's true. But what you can do if you really want to change it, if you're willing to change that, you can practice the turnaround and say, okay, well, maybe everything isn't possible, but how can I turn this thought around? You could turn it around and try, well, maybe, you know, things have been possible for this person. So maybe I could too. Or here were a few times when actually things worked out and I felt Mm -hmm. a sense of possibility. So it's looking for evidence to prove the opposite being true. So actually, let me look for times when things were possible, when I felt that. And when you start to train yourself to notice that, you'll continue to look for that evidence. And what you see and look for will become the life that you live. Mm -hmm. That's right. And this is where the wonder comes in. Yeah. One thing that people ask is, how the heck do I know what I'm supposed to do? What is my passion? I love photography. I love travel writing. I love yoga. I love baking. Which one do I pursue? You know, I don't, I think that it's a wrong question to ask of which one is the one. And I would ask a different question because for each person, it's a little bit different. For me, the way that I did it is I decided to explore several curiosities all at once until I felt a level of resonance and actually was actually Mm -hmm. making a living with it. Mm 
and decided Mm -hmm. to put more energy there. So I would get more clear on you or like, what are your values and priorities? What matters to you? Are you looking for sustainable revenue? Are you looking for a sense of fulfillment? Are you looking to work with people that you love? Are you looking for the ability to travel and really create what those Mm -hmm. filters are for you? And then look at, okay, now here are all my options on the table. What meets my criteria? And what meets my criteria the most? And this, this can be a shifting process because there were times when it was, you know, when, when I got my book deal, I was able to go all in and only do the book for a period of time because that gave me enough cash mm-hmm. flow to be able to do that. But, you know, maybe a year prior, I was still doing speaking. I was still working with clients. I was still pursuing um, typography and other creative arts just for my own play and pleasure. And so it's, it's knowing that I don't think it's one thing. But it's what is the right flow and fit right now based on what your needs are and what's important to you. One last thing, because it really relates to our audience, is people have day jobs. So they'll send me emails that say, I love this interview, but I have a day job and it's so frustrating and I don't have time and I don't have time to do what I want to do. So I have my own juicy answers to that. But I'm curious, what do you tell people when they just say, great, Amber, I don't have time. I do not have the resource of time, so I can't do it. I mean, this is going to be really straight, but it's I'm like, stop being yeah. a victim. No, okay. um, a little bit. But every time I hear I don't have enough time, what I actually hear is I don't have clear priorities Ooh. and I don't know what actually matters. And so I would get clear. I understand the need for the day job. The day job fills that sense of security, stability, supporting the family. It's valid and important. And if your priority is also meaningful growth or pursuing a passion or trying something out, then if it's a priority, you will make time for it. That's it. I loved everything you said. I want to ask you just where can we find you? So I love Instagram as we've been talking about. I'm Hey Amber Ray, R-A-E on Instagram. And I would love if something resonated with you, something stood out, message a comment, send me a message, do something. I'd love to know who you are. And then um, everything around the book is at choosewonder.com. And then my personal site is amberray.com. And Amber, as we're signing off, is you said so many great things. Um, people should buy your book immediately and follow you on Instagram because it's so easy to do both of those things. Is there anything that you haven't said that you want to share that you just want to leave everybody with? I'll take it full circle of where I feel like when it really, when we really got deep, but is don't die with your gifts still inside. This is one life. And what is it that wants to be born through you? It's the question I'll leave you with. God, that's good. Amber, thank you so much for being here. You guys, I love talking to Amber. She's so, so cool. Okay. Here are some of the takeaways. Number one, our own mess can be our message. Number two, identify what you want and what you want even more. Number three, rejection is redirection. Number four, envy is really inspiration in disguise. It illuminates someone doing something that's untapped within you. Number five, create characters around the voices in your head, then use courage, curiosity, and compassion to have a conversation with them. Number six, schedule the time to let your artist play and get messy. Number seven, know what you need from yourself. Number eight, look for evidence to prove the opposite of what you think is true. Ask yourself, how can I turn this around? Number nine, I don't have time really means I don't have clear priorities and I don't know what matters. Stop being a victim and get clear. Number 10, don't die with your gifts inside you. So 
Something super fun that's happening is we're going to be doing some live recordings of the podcast. How cool is this? You can come to LA and you can sit in on these interviews with amazing creative entrepreneurs who are doing really interesting things. Plus, you'll get a chance to ask some questions. We'll be doing two episodes uh, at these live tapings. And in between them, I'm going to have you guys uh, feel free to share and I can talk to you and help you brainstorm what it is that you're working on. The tickets are only $10. We start these events every other Thursday at the Hudson Theater starting November 1st. Um, You can find a link to it in the show notes. You can find a link to it in my bio on Instagram, but come on over 10 bucks. You can spend the day with me, meet a couple amazing podcast guests. And I think from listening to the show, you get a sense that they're all pretty awesome. And uh, we'll have some time to answer some questions. I'd love to meet you in person. So please come. You guys are seriously the best. Uh, Without you, this show would not exist. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to just thank you for being you, for shining your light in this world. I know this isn't easy stuff. I know this is extremely threatening actually to feel all the feels and ask the big questions. So I commend you for being here and listening to this and taking that action. I'd love to see you putting these ideas into practice. So we started putting together meetups all over the country and all over the world. There's hundreds of meetups now going on with people just like you who are like-minded, who want to pursue their dreams and passion projects. They're listening to Don't Keep Your Day Job and they're meeting up either online video calls or sometimes in person at local coffee shops or people's homes. And they're talking about the episodes every week. And we are supporting these groups by talking to all the leaders of these groups every single week and asking them to let us know what's been happening every week at these meetings. And I think it's a great way to keep you accountable and to keep you feeling supported. You get to show up in a group of people who get it and share what you're doing, which helps you brainstorm things which also helps you feel accountable to maybe put things into practice so you can come back the next week and tell everybody where you're at. So I encourage you to join one of these meetups. You can do that. There's a link to it in the show notes, but there's also going to be a link to it in my Instagram bio. Um, You can just click there, put in your information, and we will help uh, put you into a group of people who are local to you. If you'd like to start a group, you can also let us know that. But I think this is an amazing thing. And um, it's great because I get to connect with you even more. I have a little bit of a closer uh, pulse on what going on because I'm reaching out week after week and my team is gathering some of the successes and we're talking about them on our Thursday episodes and we're going to be doing things to incentivize these groups like I might be showing up and doing a private video call just for your group or I might fly out and do a private taping of something in your city and then feature your whole group for the strides that you guys have taken. So please join a group. Don't do this alone. You don't have to be on your own with this overwhelm. You can join a group of people who are feeling inspired and going to help each other. The rising tide lifts all the ships. So let's come together and help each other. I don't want you guys out there feeling alone. And um, it's uh, one step closer because I'd love to be standing next to each of you every day cheering you on, but at least you'll have each other. And then you'll have me being able to check in with you guys. And um, it's a way for us all to sort of connect a little bit better. If you like this episode, if you liked any episode, take a second right now and share it with a friend. You can text it to a friend. You can email it to a friend. If you're listening on your phone, on the bottom right, there's three little dots. You can click on it and it'll say share episode. You can click on that. It will allow you to text the episode 
email the episode, you can Facebook IM the episode, but please go ahead and share it with a couple people. If every single one of you shared the podcast today, we would double our audience, which would really help as we're trying to do more live events. We're trying to go around the country. We want to come to cities near you and add more resources for you. So it doesn't cost anything to share the show. It doesn't cost anything to listen to the show, but that's an incredible way for you to give back and to help us uh, do more and reach more people because every time you share the show, obviously it affects how our sponsors sort of support the show. And so it really does help us. So go ahead and share the show and also leave us an iTunes review because it really, really makes a difference. It's how 75% of all podcast listeners find the shows through the iTunes charts. And thanks to you guys, we've remained on the charts since the first time we aired uh, 21 months ago. So keep leaving reviews because it pushes us higher and higher on the charts, which helps more people to find the show. Uh, I'd love to talk to you on Instagram. I respond to every single one of my DMs. So come find me over there because I'm there and I'm scrolling through my phone all the time in between meetings, in between projects. And I will definitely listen. I will definitely read what you have to say and respond. I love you guys. I hope you have an amazing week um, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.